You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We want to thank you, as always, for making us part of your regular routine. We're here for you every week, multiple times a week, and today this show is so huge, so monumental, that we have called all members of the Rain and Jays to order. I, John Corrales, along with Jay King and Sam Jam Packard, are here for a critical tripod on the big... Uh, Brad Wanamaker signing, the massive Gordon Hayward news, and the affront to humanity that was the awards voting and the awards show. All of that will be discussed by the Rain and Jays tonight. Fellas, how y'all You need doing? three dudes for that, man. It's very important stuff. I'm happy to be here. Tripod. So let's start with uh, Mr. Wanamaker basically becoming the next um, Shane Larkin. It turned out today, it was reported today, that he signed a one-year guaranteed rookie deal, which is for less than $1 million, was about like 800 and something million dollars, I think, 860, I mean $860,000, I should say. Uh, so it's a one-year guaranteed deal for him to come in and, and fill the Shane Larkin role, which last year was important for all the wrong reasons, but... He seems like a, a, a bit of an upgrade. He's taller. He, he can play multiple positions. He can do a lot. So uh, what do we make of this? Jay, I know nothing about him. I'm relying entirely on you to be like a, a guy in the know and know something about this guy because I've never heard of him before. Jay's in the know. So, so <laughs> he grew up in North Philadelphia, the same area as Marcus Morris. The Wanamaker twins were at one point the best set of twins in Philadelphia before Marcus and Markeith emerged. Uh, Brad Wanamaker is a physical position. I kind of envision him probably taking over the Shane Larkin role. I pretty much, if it doesn't close the door on keeping Shane Larkin for another year, it seriously diminishes the odds of Shane Larkin. Is he a point Larkin guard, though? Up. Is he, like, strictly a point guard? Yeah, he, he can be a point guard, but he, he can play other positions, too, I think. And, of course, in Brad Stevens' offense, like, even Shane Larkin didn't play point guard all the time. Uh, but I think I think he's kind of like a Shane Larkin type in the sense that he'll be a probably a third point guard, but just a supersized Shane Larkin who – is 6'4", 210 pounds, and can at least theoretically defend different types of players than Shane Larkin did. Obviously, Shane Larkin was really good defensively when he was on the ball and hounding guys full court, uh, but I think Wanamaker gives them a difficult, a different type of physical presence 
who can probably guard most twos and threes across the league and give them more switchability. Is so, that the I, end of Sugar Shane then? Is Shane gone for good? It, it's probably the end of Sugar Shane. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Shouts yeah, to Sugar, Sugar Shane, Shane, too. Shouts to Sugar Shane. Sugar Shane became a far more valuable contributor to the, to the Celtics than I ever anticipated when they signed him a year ago. His defensive energy was crazy. He's great. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, when they signed Shane Larkin last year, I was very, very dismissive. I think everybody was very dismissive. Thought I, it was, I said mean things about him, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it Probably you say <laughs> it's, it's your MO, that's your brand, very on brand for you to say mean things about players. Uh, the, the signing felt like bring him in, sign him, cut him, send him to the G League, kind of figure out maybe, you know. No, no. That was for Shane Larkin, I was saying. Oh, yeah, Shane yeah. Larkin. No, I, that that was my that was my take on Shane Larkin. Um, but having learned my Shane Larkin lesson, I'm not dismissive of Wanamaker at all. I feel like he could have a potential impact. He uh, has spent a lot of years kind of playing for increasingly better European teams and has been uh, increasingly better as a player for those European teams. He shot well overseas he's he's done pretty well for himself and in very Shane Larkin fashion he is leaving 3.8 million dollars I think it was reported on the table to come to Boston to play for less than 900,000 and so he clearly feels like he can make an impact here in this one year for for Boston and then go on to sign somewhere else or re-sign with Boston potentially. Who knows? He could be Marcus Smart Insurance or Terry Rozier Insurance if the Celtics end up getting rid of one of those guys. How much did Mook have to do with this signing? You said they came from the same neighborhood. Mook's going to be on the team next year. Uh, what's his opinion of Wanamaker? And then, Jay, I hope you know this as well. Where's the uh, other Wanamaker twin right now? Uh, I'm not sure where the other Wanamaker twin is. That's a good oh, I question. Thought you were, I thought you were a journalist, Jay King. Come on. My bad. My <laughs> bad. I, sh- I, I should know where Brian Wanamaker is. I'm, I'm glad you got his name. That's a good start. I think that's his name. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure that's his name. But I mean, I like Chad or – It is. It is. I, I assume Marcus Morris is on board with another Philly guy. Celtics, are, they're like all in on Philly. They got Jerome Allen, assistant coach. They got Marcus Morris. They've got Brad Wanamaker. Uh, this is this is becoming a Philly squad. They've even got Sam Packer. Yeah, I'm in Philly right now. I'm loving it. It's a fantastic place, except for their um, their cowardice basketball team and their uh, <laughs> false rookie of the year. Boom! Transition to award show. Oh my god, I'm so good at this. <laughs> before before we do that, I just want to answer the question. Where in the world is Brian Wanamaker? He is cur- oh, good. he is currently playing for a Lithuanian professional team, so he is not doing quite as well as his brother. All right, you always want the better twin. Yes, I think having the better. I think that's the Celtics have ended up with the better Philadelphia twins in each scenario. So Wanamaker, I barely know her. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. God. Boo! Boo that Boo man! Boo this man! That horrible! Oh God! <laughs> I knew you guys would like that. Speaking of horrible, the NBA award show was last night. There's a transition for you. Uh, the that was that was such a god awful show. I turned it off halfway through. I couldn't I couldn't bear to watch what it, what they were doing. Uh, I know that regardless, everybody was talking about it and making fun of it. And I suppose 
having people talk about how bad your show is is better than not talking about your show at all. But whew, that shit was bad. But the Celtics completely uh, empty-handed at, in in the awards. Rookie of the year obviously was not never going to go to Jason Tatum. Uh, Al Horford was nowhere close to Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Brad Stevens was third in, in Coach of the Year. Danny Ainge was fourth in Executive of the Year. Everybody's losing their shit over Brad Stevens being third. Sam Packer, right. your reaction. Were you guys mad online? I, I I turned it off at that point. I started watching this weird Netflix um, Italian comedy about a man who wakes up in a world where gender roles are switched. Uh, it was much better. Um, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> like the, the whole thing about the award show is that um, it was very predictable. We knew who was going to like win the awards going in. So Brad Stevens being third, I don't know. Like I felt like we he deserved to be in the coach of the year. Uh, discussion it's kind of crazy that some like people didn't put him in, in the top three but i don't know i feel like it was already decided that dwayne casey was going to win so if you're not first you're last <laughs> um i i played along with the the people who were mad online but then the people started getting way too mad online and i just like okay people gotta relax a little bit i, I tweeted out the the media votes and just my mentions have been going crazy people are all over Gary Washburn, he did not have Wash. he did not have uh, the Brad Stevens in his top three. His top three, Brett Brown, he had Brett Brown for coach of the year. Not not the only one, by the way. Uh, Nate McMillan second and Quinn Snyder third. Now, all three guys did phenomenal jobs coaching their teams last year. So I don't want to make it seem like he voted for scrubs. Uh, he did not have the eventual winner. He did not have Brad Stevens. I thought Brad Stevens should have won, but there were a lot of great options last year, and, and it was really deep field. But people are all over Gary's. Jay King, Jay, like, Wash is your man. Like I know you and Wash are friends. You got to, he sat down and watched 100-plus Celtics games this year and didn't think Brad Stevens was a top-three coach. That's absurd. You have to defend I, your guy right here. I don't think it's absurd. I, I mean – Obviously, Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Obviously, if you look at the challenges he faced from the overhaul of the Celtics roster to injuries to the reliance on youth, he did a phenomenal job. I don't think anyone can argue with that. The one one thing that I will defend Gary on, and Wash is my guy. Shouts to Wash. Uh, I got your back, Wash. Every coach near the top was so good this season. From Mike D'Antoni to Brett Brown to Dwayne Casey to Quinn Snyder, it was it's hard to gauge exactly where a coach's impact ends and the player's impact begins. So it it's always coach of the year is never something I get worked up over. It's going to be something where Brad Stevens is probably going to finish close to the top most years because he's really good at this. And that's the Celtics will be okay with that. And that's about it. Uh, shouts to Wash, man. Shouts to his Nate McMillan pick. Nate McMillan didn't, didn't finish in the top three, I believe. No. So shouts, shouts to him for Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan did a good job. I'm on Wash's side here. That was a very diplomatic and political answer, and uh, I hated it. Um, <laughs> I, 
I, I, can we use this though to bring up um, one of my favorite scrum memories, which is when. So this was a couple years ago. Jay Crowder finished, I think, one vote shy of second team all defense, and the votes came out, and Wash Wash did not put Jay Crowder on, and he did put, I believe, Paul George who finished one vote ahead of Jay Crowder. <laughs> and it was like months and months later, and Jay Crowder randomly brought it up to Wash, who asked <laughs> a question about something entirely different. <laughs> and he brought it up in the scrum, and it was fantastic. So that that was probably the only time I'll ever have to share that story. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to bring that up again. I'm glad you did. Shouts to Wash because if you ever go to Celtics games in the media room, Wash is the first person to try and make Jay King look like an idiot and is always making fun of Jay King. And so that that's just good old fashioned comedy to me. So I'm all, I'll be all, always team Wash. He's Everyone very, always makes fun of me. Yeah, but no, but Wash goes out of his way to uh, like make fun of you for calling yourself the kid and like how you dress and your bad haircut. Wash is always pouring it on. So I met uh, I met the guy who hired me yesterday for the first time. And he actually thought Chris Mannix and I hated each other in a very public fashion. <laughs> he, he was he was very very concerned that that Chris Mannix and I hate each other. That's because you're so pro beef. That's your general. That is your brand. It's just being a, being about beef. So I can see that. That'd be believable. I'm about that beef. About that beef life. It was like the first thing he brought up was my online beef with Chris Mannix. <laughs> Um, that what a sign of the times that you were hired and have been working for the athletic for how many months now? And you just met this guy now in person. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was the first time. And, and what a sign of the time that my online beef with Chris Mannix was the first topic we discussed. <laughs> Uh, okay, so no one here is really legitimately pissed at the uh, at the way the coach of the year voting went. Brad Stevens actually no, got- Sam Sheehan legitimately pissed. He individually listed voters who didn't put him in the top three, which I thought was an all time uh, Twitter petty move that I was here for. <laughs> the, the 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 fact that these media votes are out there, um, it's it's good. We need transparency. I like fa- we need false anger. Sure. Um, so. Brad Stevens actually got more first place votes than Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder finished second, uh, but the way the point system totaled up, he ended up getting more points. So, but Brad Stevens was got more first place votes than than Quinn Snyder. So, if you want to take some solace in that, um, there's there's that. And okay, if you guys want to talk about weird votes, executive of the year, let's talk about that one. Let's let's talk about that one. Let's Jay talk King about that. got some takes up that executive of the year. Let's hear it, Jay <laughs> Okay. So Dennis Lindsay finished second, right? He lost his top free agent, Gordon Hayward, the top free agent, Gordon Hayward, to the Celtics. His team won fewer games than the Celtics, even though Hayward got injured. Meanwhile, Danny Ainge traded a broken-down body and the eighth pick for Kyrie Irving and Jay Crowder. He swapped the number one pick for Jason Tatum and a future lottery pick. And his team won more games than the Jazz, and he finished two spots behind Lindsey. 
So what, what did Lindsay do to get Donovan Mitchell? Votes? All he drafted, is Donovan Mitchell. He drafted Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Who apparently the the uh, Hornets were um, their coach was screaming for them to draft, and then they went for Malik Monk instead, which is a wild story. But yeah, all it's just only Donovan Mitchell. I don't know what other deals. Ricky Rubio does that also count? Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, Kevin Pritchard got a ton of credit for that. This is hilarious to me. That's that to me is is more hilarious than Lindsay because at least Lindsay has the Mitchell thing to his credit. Pritchard, by all accounts, got fleeced. Everybody's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. You trade Paul George. To, you know, Victor Oladipo worked his ass off and became a player. Now, did Kevin Pritchard really know that Oladipo was going to work his ass off and become that kind of player? Or did he just be like, this is the best I can do? And then he's like, oh, hey, I got lucky. No, Look at this. I, I think he deserves credit because – Everyone Because it, it worked. That's why he deserves credit. No, because everyone thought he took the lesser of the deals that were offered. And he saw in Victor Oladipo that outside of Russell Westbrook, things could change. And, and obviously Oladipo improved. But I think part of it, and a, a huge part in this case, was just changing Victor Oladipo's role. And so I, I give Pritchard credit for predicting that Oladipo in a different role would do a lot better thing. So I think Pritchard deserves a lot of credit for that. I, I, I'm on Pritchard's side here. Dennis Lindsay did not deserve to be above Danny Ainge, um, but Pritchard, Pritchard did good work. Danny Ainge should win the award for Daniel Tice alone. I mean, my God. That... <laughs> no, seriously, look, look, look at all of the moves that Danny Ainge made. I know you listed some of them off, but he completely overhauled the roster brought four guys back from a conference finals teams. Two of those guys got hurt that he brought in. Uh, and still that team still got within one quarter. Uh, and, and if anybody on the Celtics had a decent shooting night, they would have been in the NBA finals. So I, I, I know you can't count that these votes come in before the, the um, playoffs, but they still finished the team, the, the season with the, second seed they still managed to to get all that way without Hayward and to have guys on this team that were new that clearly made impacts it just I don't understand I don't and, and not only that now he finished fourth Masai Ujiri finished fifth but got four first place votes Danny Angel only got one first place vote how does Masai Ujiri get four for what what did the Raptors do that was so special personnel wise is it getting Van Vliet residual? What is, I don't know. Some of these. He, he convinced Dwayne Casey to coach of the year, Dwayne Casey to overhaul the, the, I don't know. the structure of the team. Ainge should get, just for, should win the award based on the Tatum trade alone. Like that is all, that's GMing. That's being an executive. That's like where he has the most impact, where he's basically had the number one picked. And Ainge then, had, Ainge had the best. I mean, you could say Maury had the best year trading for Chris Paul, assembling a team that challenged the Warriors. But Chris Paul had to do that. Like, the, the Tatum-Fultz trade was, like, all GMing. Like, that is entirely 100% value add of, of uh, Danny Ainge right there, just, like, reading the draft correctly and knowing they can still get Tatum and the uh, a future first. Like, that is him being the best in the league at this job. 
I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <sighs> well, so we all. So I guess we agree. Everybody in the Celtics got screwed. Dad, ah. Is, okay, we, there's one we haven't brought up yet is that Al Horford came in second for man of the year, uh, which is absurd because he's number one in our hearts. Um, uh, I forget who came in first, but I just remember being disappointed that Al Horford did not win that award. He got more first place votes, uh, but he did not win. It's very disappointing. I don't, I don't think Al Horford should ever finish anything less than a tie for first for best, best man of the year. I didn't even know that they gave out a man of the year. I didn't watch that part. Shout out to Amir Johnson for uh, whatever he won. Yeah, the big dog won the Hustle Award, which is Ooh, cool. Great. Awesome. That's the other thing about the award show. They just came up with like, a bunch of like, new awards. And congrats to the big dog for winning one. But like, they just made some uh, – there's just a bunch of time fillers in there. They need to come up with either a lot zanier awards or just – there's no reason for this to be a television show. We can just announce it. We, they used to do this in a way that made sense. They just announced the voting – and then they'd have a press conference at the specific team facility. We don't need an award show. I don't get it. I sound like an old man, but it's it, it makes no sense to me what the youth try to do with the television. <laughs> Although the the best part of it was the older generation, Bill Russell with the middle finger. That's the best part of the show. Without it, with Bill Russell just twice, two years in a row, stole that show. The last year with the pointing at all of the big guys on the stage, said, I will kick your ass. Uh, and then last night flipping off, not only flipping off Charles Barkley, but then afterwards saying, oh, I'm sorry. Well, he tweeted out a picture of himself flipping off Charles Barkley. Like, I just can't resist when I'm talking to Charles Barkley. That's my reaction. Like, he is greatest of all time. Goat, goat, goat. So it sounds like the event should just be is just Bill Russell announcing the awards and then putting him in a room with Charles Barkley. I feel like that's that's 30 minutes of great television. Bill Russell should just introduce everything and tell the person up there that walks up there why he sucks. <laughs> what he really feels about them. Yeah, seriously. Who's going to say anything to him? He's an old man, and he's a legend. He's right. Uh, okay, let's move on to the last topic. Is uh, Gordon Hayward put out a little blog, talked about his, his ankle and the uh, decision to remove the hardware. Uh, if you go to his... Uh, his website, which has the awesome name of Gordon Hayward 20.life. Uh, I've also posted an excerpt because I'm a dirty aggregator on redsarmy.com of some of what he uh, said. But basically, uh, he is such a finely tuned athlete that the hardware in his ankle was bothering him. They, tre- they tested it. They found out it was the that metal. They took it out, and now he's fine. And he's going to be back to playing basketball at the end of July, beginning of August, back to five on five, which means... Training camp's going to roll around, and he'll be, uh, should be completely healthy and ready to go, which is nice. 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 Yeah, I mean, nothing he said was really a surprise. I thought in his blog, I thought it was funny. He pulled, like, the the old Washington Wizards move and was like, yeah, we should have won the Cleveland series, but we just, our shots went missing in game seven. Uh yeah, that's kind of part of winning is is making those shots. But cool. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I gotta be honest, guys, I, I didn't read it. I've been out on Gordon Hayward's blogs for a while now. They're they're just not very entertaining. It doesn't it's it's not you just don't about being blog- Go ahead. I'm out on blog boys, man. I don't like blog boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh blog 
He actually, so it, it's kind of cool that he details like the medical process far more than you would learn about if he were just answering a few questions in a scrum. He, yeah. he, he went into like exactly what happened with his ankle, who he called, uh, uh, the doctors he spoke to, the process the Celtics went through with him to determine he needed another procedure to take out the hardware. I appreciate that. So shouts to blog, blog boy Gordon Hayward for giving us uh, a little window into it, even, even though, like, like Sam suggested, those blogs, they're not like the most entertaining blogs. Just think about like what you just described, and it wasn't an athlete. It was just some guy you knew describing his like ankle surgery. It sounds and who he called and all like it, oh my god, that sounds awful. Well, I, well yeah, I would <laughs> I wouldn't read it if it was just some Joe asshole that was posting. Hey, I got surgery on my ankle. Let me tell you about it. Like no, but because he's Gordon Hayward and he's the Celtics' top free agent acquisition, maybe ever that he would. It's it's interesting. I think you need to make it a little sexier. I need to maybe add some spicy adjectives. You here freaking millennials! Everything's about entertaining <laughs> you. Why can't you just read something for the information that's involved? It's a lot of good information. It's very a very honest uh, account of what what happened. You want to be informed? There it is. Now, yeah, no millennials want to be selectively informed, and this one I'm just like, oh, I think he's going to get better. I don't need to figure it out. I trust that uh, the doctors will. That's my millennial approach to it. You kids nowadays, with your fancy cell phones and whatever, <laughs> always distracted. All right. Then fine. <laughs> Screw you. I'm going to go yell at clouds. It's uh, really, I just didn't prepare for this podcast by uh, not reading it. Um, so I just decided to, to, to go negative, you know, really trying to win. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. We're going to wrap it up. That's enough. That's enough of this. Unless you want to get into more hardware and the ankles talk, I don't think so. so. Oh, here's a question to wrap it up. Should I get a Kaizen tattoo when I when we go to Summer League? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so you're getting a Kaizen tattoo I when we go to Summer pay League. for your Kaizen tattoo. Like, I've kind of already decided that I'm going to do it. Like, but I'm glad you guys are fully on board. If you get a Kaizen tramp stamp, I will pay for it. <laughs> I'm not getting a tramp stamp. Although the placement on the body is a, a question I'm not. Lower back Kaizen, like, it, there's a hundred bucks in it. A hundred bucks to put that thing on your lower back. I got you. No, I'm not. If I'm going to get a Kaizen tattoo, it's going to be a classy Kaizen tattoo. Whoa, Somewhere nice. That's a classy placement, man. Think about that. You know, it's a little seductive. Maybe your shirt rides up. People look at it. Go, oh, what's that? It's no. the, the potential of this tattoo is is special. I'm I'm very glad you decided on this on your own. Like this, <laughs> this is this is entirely a Sam Packard idea. Well, it means it means incremental progress. You can apply it to to everyday life. I feel like if you're going to have something permanent on your uh, body, that's not the worst thing to have. And then plus, it's uh, it's what I it's the church I've bought into at this point. It is my life philosophy. Do you have any tattoos at the moment? No, none whatsoever. So Kaizen's going to be your first tattoo. I love this. I would say first and only tattoo. I I love this. Uh, have you have you decided on a body part? No, no, that's still up for debate. I don't know where. I've made my choice very clear. Yeah. <laughs> that's going on your lower back. I cannot wait to get this on camera. Do you I, think Brad will get a matching one? Brad might already have one. 
I Brad Brad probably has a tramp stamp. I think <laughs> I think you should get it and then go to the game. You, like you should land and we should go that night to get the tattoo. This way when you go to the game, you can show I can flash Brad, it to Brad. You can oh, show yeah. Brad your Kaizen tattoo and then ask him if he would get a matching one. So you want me to show Brad my lower back? Yes. <laughs> so I say, "Hey Brad, I'm going to turn around and like lift my shirt up a little bit and yep. uh yeah, just, I don't like seductive fashion. Yes, that's exactly what I expect you to do. No, I should just put on my. Like, uh, I don't know, man. I, the body part is a is a, a big question I haven't figured out yet. So, the listeners have suggestions. Please let me know, or if they have designs for what the kaizen tattoo should look like, I'm open to that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a good, uh, a great decision, though. Comic Sans font, please. <laughs> yes. That's more of a Cavs Dan Dan Gilbert uh, a font. That's not a loser font. Um, Brad Stevens is a winner. It's got to be. It's got to look cool. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, are are you serious? Like you're actually going to get a Kaizen tattoo in Vegas? Uh, I mean, I feel like I I just announced it on the podcast that we have, and now I kind of have to do it. I feel this like is, it's kind of a blow. This is, I will this Instagram live this thing on the Locked On Celtics Instagram. And we will do like a pseudo show while you're getting the tattoo. Oh yeah, well you got to do it for the gram one, and always got to be creating content. And I'm incredibly impulsive and just decided let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do it. I'm in. Your parents oh. should be proud. They will be proud. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is gonna be awesome. This is great content. See, now that was entertaining. You were right. I was wrong earlier about being entertained by everything. That's way better than Gordon Hayward's shitty blog about his surgery <laughs> on his ankle. Oh, God. This was great. I'm, I'm very excited about this. So look forward to that, everybody. We're going to be doing something live or recorded when uh, Sam gets his lower back Kaizen. Uh, make it fancy. If anybody wants to come up with a design, big, fancy, cursive, maybe like calligraphy, if anybody's good at calligraphy. Throw a butterfly in there. I'm all for it. It's going to be great. Uh, so if this is your first time listening, you've got to subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics podcast so you can get the, the grand finale of this. Uh, and if you are already a subscriber, give us that five-star rating. Or you can wait until we get this tattoo, and that will definitely earn the five-star rating. Send the ideas in to us uh, if you want to send it into the Rain and Jays. Tag it Rain and Junk because that's the best way to do it. Just tag it Rain and Junk and tag us all. Ooh, maybe I should get the hashtag Rain and Junk tattooed on me as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a that's a look. We can we can really get this going. We can we can get the best Rain and Junk tweet and you can post the best Rain and Junk tweet. You can you can get that tattooed on you somehow. If that best Rain and Junk tweet is the design who knows? I'm excited to see what the people turn out. We're gonna need some alcohol to kind of really grease the skids on this one. So we'll. Figure I don't it think Packer needs any. This is. Oh no, I'm I'm fully in. I don't need. I can go in sober. Can go any time of the day. Um, we're doing it. We're doing it live. Fantastic. But we're all we're we're gonna be in Vegas in summer league. We'll probably be drinking alcohol. They probably make you drink alcohol. They they do. They force it on you as soon as you get off the plane. So that that's not a problem. So, all right, that's it. 
we're, we're going to get into this a whole lot more. So hit us up on social media, all of our social media outlets, and subscribe to the show and uh, share the show. Spread the word. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is going to be extraordinary. <laughs> I actually like decided uh, like yesterday. I'm I'm all in. I'm doing it. Where are you legitimately <laughs> thinking? Uh, I don't know, like where, uh, like chest or back or maybe on the arm. I don't know, somewhere like covered. I don't really want it on. Um, you could do. I don't like, know. I'm open to anything. You could do like a like a LeBron James like chosen one across the entire back of your. <laughs> that would be just huge, guys. Then yeah. The big Kaizen, yeah. Totally. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. You know what? Shit. You know what the right answer is? On your on your knuckles. So when you put your hands together, it spells out Kaizen. <laughs> With two shamrocks yeah. on either side? Yeah. So, yeah, shamrock, K-A-I, and then Z-E-N shamrock on the other one. So when you put your hands together for the camera, it spells out Kaizen. That's, that that's the answer. That's the way to do it. Hey, man, I'm open to it. I'm, I'm open to be persuaded. <laughs> oh god that's fantastic uh, I cannot I wait. wait I cannot I wait, wait for July 6th now it's like my favorite day of the year it's like Christmas <laughs> <laughs>